The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hello and welcome to the Road to World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short and I'm joined here as always by Drew Silva. We're here to talk about whatever really as we try to pass the time through this uh, pandemic which has shut down the sports world and large parts of the economy as well. It's a super weird time but we're still here to help provide some bit of normalcy uh, not only for you the listener but for us as well. I think we all kind of need that right now. Uh, Drew, how's it going, man? I talked about last week. I've been getting really on, on my bike a lot. Um, just the free time that I have, honestly, like not having to do really busy news shifts. And I, I do a big power rankings column every week, usually that takes me legitimately 10 hours to write. Um, so there's no, I, I did one on opening day. We talked about it last week or the week before, I don't know, time's all blending together, but, um, there's just really no reason to update it yeah. without games being played. It would be weird to update it. Um, so I've been doing like 20 miles on my bike every day for moving into three weeks now. Awesome. Um, which is, yeah, it's good. It's like, I, I it's something that I could do, like if there were games going on, but I, I have way less reason not to do it now. You know, like I, I don't have the excuses of, oh, well, I'm tired. I just worked for nine hours and I got to write a column tonight. I don't really want to go out and ride 20 miles. Um, so I guess that's good. And, and I did this. I challenged a friend of mine who's also kind of into amateur biking um, to a distance challenge for April. Um, and I've come to find out he's very competitive. Um, and he's also like way skinnier than I am. And he played high level soccer at one point and he's smoking me right now. He's up about 30 miles and we're only 10 days in. Hmm. Um, but I feel like it's going to be kind of a tortoise in the hare situation. <laughs> um, me being the tortoise, I think <laughs> him being the hare, if I have this fable, correct. Um, <laughs> where, you know, he gets a little cocky, takes a couple of days off. He takes a nap under a tree. I believe that's what the hair did. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and then I beat him in the end. And so I'll, I'll keep you all updated if anyone cares. I did do a, a, a challenge on Twitter, just searching for some kind of Twitter content where I, I there's this park uh, a block and a half from where I live called Forest Park. It's a great park. It's over 1,300 acres, uh, one of the biggest urban parks in the world actually it's bigger than central park by like 500 acres and they 
have all these different bike paths and there's one main one that goes all the way around. Um, and so I put out what my best time was. That was back in 2018 when I was riding a lot more. Um, and I had people guess on what time I could get going around three times and which of those three laps would be the fastest. And I did pretty well. My, my best time was 22 minutes and two seconds. Again, that was back in 2018 and, um, your peak. Yeah. And I got 23 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, that was on Monday and actually a, a friend of mine guessed it right. And so I have to send, send him a prize. Nice. What, when you're out riding, are there a lot of other people out riding right now? Or if they are, are people like keeping their distance? The nice thing about Forest Park is that it's huge. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would say like the first, like three weeks ago, um, my girlfriend and I walked around the park and there were a ton of people out like gathering on this. There's this big place called Art Hill in front of the St. Louis Art Museum. And there were I don't know, hundreds of people on there like having picnics and it's not like that at all anymore. Yeah. Um, and then with the riding thing, like, yeah, I mean, like I would like to hear actually from like a medical professional if they think it's safe to me, it is the only time I come in contact with a stranger is like for a split second as I'm passing them. Right. Um, and so I, I think that's fairly healthy. Um, St. Louis hasn't been hit especially hard. I say that right now, like things could change obviously. Um, so I'm, I'm not that worried about it. I would feel bad if I could, I'm, you know, worrying someone else about doing it. Um, but for now, I mean, the, uh, you know, Missouri as a whole is a weird state. Like there's very, uh, uh liberal, pockets like in st louis and kansas city and then the middle of the state is very red sure so and it's pretty typical in that way you yeah know, and, and urban and I areas are liberal yeah. and the, yeah gotcha. yeah and i don't care about you know whatever politics you have it's fine um but you know the the state as a whole it took the governor forever to to issue like legitimate stay-at-home orders and, and to close all businesses but st louis was way ahead of the curve in that i mean it's it's been shut down for you know going on a, a full month now yeah. Um, so I, I think we've done well as a city to kind of contain it. There's also really good um, hospitals in the area, really good medical professionals. I live right next to Barnes Jewish Hospital, which is one of the best hospitals in the world, one of the best children's hospitals in the world, too. Um, and I have some friends who work there. I, and so I get some little inside tidbits on, on what's going on over there. I think I think what I'm doing is OK. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not the smartest thing, but in general, I think it's good for me. And I doubt that I'm really causing anyone any harm. But I, I don't know if someone disagrees with that. I, I would like I, I would totally hear them out. Yeah, I thought I read something the other day. I like not that it's like the chances of something really being uh, transmissible is probably low unless you're like around a ton of people. But like, if you're thinking about, you know, like sweat droplets or whatever, mm. you know, could in theory be in the air if like you're in close proximity to someone and you're all like biking in a group it's possible uh so i, I don't know i thought that was interesting i'll have to look it up and, and see if i can send it to you yeah i i do not see people biking in groups and that is yeah. something that you you do usually see out there and yeah man i went out today and it was a super nice day kind of windy which isn't great for biking but um yeah the amount of people in the park was like i don't know 10 percent what it was three weeks ago. Totally. So uh, another one of the things we've seen impacted uh, by this pandemic is 
uh, WrestleMania. And it actually happened this past weekend. And it was squeezed into, or not squeezed into, it was actually two nights. Usually it's one night. And this, the event was actually taped like weeks and weeks ago, I think because they were anticipating uh, that there would be a stay-at-home order in Florida. And eventually there was. So I think they wanted, plus I think they just wanted to get it over with and let people go home. Uh, So I think it was taped maybe like three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, And one of the main uh, superstars in in WWE is Roman Reigns. He's kind of gone into the mainstream. I think he's like a pretty familiar name with people. Uh, He had a, he's actually had a couple of bouts with leukemia. So he decided he didn't want to take the risk. So he didn't end up wrestling in what would have been one of the main event matches uh, for the championship against Goldberg, who is still around somehow. Uh, so he ended up, uh, backing out of the event totally understandably. And some of the moments that should have been like really special and would have been big in like an 80,000, you know, fan setting kind of really fell flat because they were taped in a, you know, it was basically like a closed set where it was like essential personnel only like the announcers, the, the actual talent, the referee, you know, camera people, crew people. And that was really it. So kind of weird but there were certainly some highlights of the event which were very creative and presented in a very cinematic style um and i think if if it was a typical wrestlemania where it's all about the atmosphere with the fans like it would have fell flat there because fans would have just been watching a screen and not seeing it in front of them um so they really adapted and were smart to do two particular matches the undertaker had a match now he's very he's he's getting up there. He's like fifty some fifty five, fifty six years old, um, and he did this match against AJ Styles. And I think the advantage of that match and it, it was like it was kind of it was crazy. It was like a action movie basically was the way that they did it. And I think it was pretty smart because they filmed it over the course of like a few hours, uh, so they could really make sure they had all the shots right. And with a you know an aging athlete who may not be able to go the way he used to go in the ring you know it's really perfect for that to get all the shots they want and also you know he doesn't have to like jump around and like bounce off the ropes and get off quickly and stuff like that so they did a really awesome job with that there was also the firefly funhouse match with john cena and bray wyatt and it was like actual art it was like super trippy and cool uh not even really a match it was just sort of like spanning john cena's like whole career as a wrestler and then going into hollywood and stuff like that if you have a chance to check it out even if you're not a wrestling fan i would say go watch those two matches the boneyard match with the undertaker and the firefly funhouse match i think you'd be super impressed even if you're not a wrestling fan just about the creativity in the situation they were in they really made the best of of the situation uh to entertain people who you know, really have nothing better to do at home. So uh, they did a really good job under the circumstances. And I think you have to grade any kind of event right now that's going on on a curve, especially when you're used to having an audience. So uh, I think they did a really good job. And I actually heard something earlier today that Saturday Night Live is going to try to do mm-hmm. an episode this weekend. They've been off for the past like three weeks or maybe a month. Uh, where all the skits are going to be done remotely um, from each cast member's home or whatever. Uh, so I think that's a really cool concept too. So uh, just a lot of good creativity coming out right now. 
I will say that I appreciate your efforts to try to turn this into a wrestling podcast uh, <laughs> without baseball. Um, but, well, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I got right now. I, I know. I just like make it funny sometimes about wrestling. <laughs> oh, but um, I was thinking about um, the last time I actually watched a full wrestling event um, was WrestleMania. It was a kid's birthday party. This was back when I was living in Virginia. So I must have been eight years old, I think. And the idea was every kid would dress up as a wrestler that awesome. was participating in WrestleMania. Nice. And then we, we were going to act out the matches after watching WrestleMania. Uh-huh. Um, so a bunch of seven or eight year olds dressed up in outfits wrestling with each other. Um, and I was Yokozuna. Oh, my God. Um, the the year that he beat Bret Hart and I think he won won the title or whatever the title means. Okay. okay. Um, did this happen? This is my recollection. Uh, yes, he did beat or Bret he, Hart. It was WrestleMania. I don't know if it was for a title. What year would that have been? Uh, 92 or 93, maybe? Yeah, 93 would probably make a lot more sense. Yeah, um, yeah. But so then we act, so I was Yokozuna, another kid was Bret Hart, dressed up as, um, and then we acted out the match, and I like, I went after this kid, <laughs> and he started crying, because um, <laughs> I'm supposed to beat him, you know? Right. And and. <laughs> And I didn't have neither of us had like the athletic ability to to pull it off without getting really physical. Um, and I, yeah, they had to like call his parents. It was really really sad. And then wow. I up and moved to St. Louis. You know, a year a year or so yeah. later, <laughs> you <laughs> had to bail. You had to bail after right. after taking out that kid. But that's uh, yeah. wrestling is t- is totally something that relies on crowd enthusiasm. And I think we underrate that in other sports too. Like. Yeah. Even baseball, um, maybe baseball to lesser degree because I don't know. Spring training games are pretty boring to watch without crowd enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, but like col- college football, the pageantry, basketball, especially college basketball. Totally. Um, the NF- the NFL it would be so weird to watch that without any crowd. Um, yeah, it's weird to watch wrestling without it too because these you know these wrestlers they're probably out you know traveling and doing shows like. I don't know, 150, 200 days a year or whatever, just, you know, traveling around. And they're like so well trained that like in the ring, they don't really skip a beat. And even when they're like coming out, you know, the in the entrance way and going down the entrance ramp, they're so you know, like routine that they're still doing their like taunts and stuff like to the crowd, but there's no crowd. It's it's really bizarre. Um, another thing that I wanted to, to mention that I've been doing, I played in a online poker tournament, a Hold'em, Texas Hold'em tournament with a bunch of friends last Saturday. And we're going to do one again this Saturday. Um, and that was really cool. Like you can kind of interact with your friends. You don't really see them on the screen, but you know who is who. Um, and there was 23 of us. I finished, uh, top six or sixth. I shouldn't say top six. That sounds like I could have finished first. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really cool. Um, did you ever get into like poker when that when that boom happened i didn't it was never like i would play every once in a while with my friends but i net like i had good friends who did online poker and stuff too but it was just never i don't know it, it just never grabbed me so i was never like super into it it's certainly like way better uh in person yeah. because it's just fun to 
you know, shoot the crap with yeah, your friends. The social yeah. aspect is why I would do it. But otherwise, it wasn't like a big thing for me. And to actually like get reads on people if you're playing it seriously. When I was I graduated high school in 2005. And that was like right after the big poke poker boom when Chris Moneymaker won the World Series of Poker. And my friends and I all had, uh, you know, chip sets and we would play pretty much every weekend. And I got like 1200 bucks for my high school graduation party. Like I have a big family. I don't want to sound like I'm, I grew up really rich or anything. Cause I didn't. Um, but like 60 family members, aunts and uncles and cousins on my stepdad's side. And then my mom has a big family. My dad has a big family. So I got around 1200 bucks and now, now talking about it, I feel like I should have gotten more with all the people. That <laughs> but, um, and I put 400 of that into a poker stars account. Um, because I, I fashioned myself a pretty good poker player cause I would beat my friends a lot. And the first night, um, I got that 400 up to over a thousand. Nice. Um, and so going into the next day, I like woke up early, signed on and I'm like, I'm thinking like big dollar signs. Like this is going to be my career. You know, I'm going to be a professional poker player. I got this <laughs> and just like total fish ideas and fish move. I, I jumped into like a higher stakes level like a $5, $10 blind instead of $1, $2. Um, what I had been playing when I was actually making money and I just got smoked. And like by the end of the week, that 400 was gone. The, the thousand that I had made was gone. I tried to sit, hang on to as much as possible to, for my freshman year of college, just for spending money. But um, I deleted the poker stars app after a week and hadn't really played online since last Saturday. Um, and it's not as fun as, as playing in person, but it was some kind of interaction with friends, yeah. um, which, which I've been lacking. Your your experience kind of sounds like me playing DFS. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely yeah. me because <laughs> I would I do really well at like the like the 50 50 or like one dollar games like mm -hmm. I'm killing it. And then like I try to go for like the bigger pot games and I just get crushed every time. Um, which is yeah, weird what, because that's, like, that's what they want you to do. Well, which is weird because like, I feel like we know a lot about baseball and like, we should do well, but like, I just, I just can't do it. I've never been able to like break through, but I haven't actually well, played a ton of DFS in probably a couple seasons, you know? No. Yeah. It's been a while. And I, and I don't think that baseball is a very good DFS sport no, because, yeah. you know, you can spend a lot of money and maybe we could have a DFS guy on that makes money at baseball, but it, in my experience and opinion, um, I mean, you can spend a big part of your budget on Mike Trout and he'll go over four with two strikeouts. And that's not really uncommon. It's not anything that anyone would freak out over. If you spend a lot of money in, in the NFL on Patrick Mahomes and he went over 15 with two interceptions, you know, you'd be like, what happened here? Right. Exactly. Um, so it's it's weird. I, I think there are ways to look at trends in baseball. And if you play, if you put a lot of money into it, if you play it smartly, I, I've talked to guys um, who, who do it and have made money at it. But yeah, yeah. generally when I play it, um, I'm like buying lottery tickets. I get uh, into those big tournaments. I've always played much better DFS in football than I did baseball. Totally. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, you kind of the investments are a bit safer in football, but there are always, you know, players who surprise. But uh, I think, you know, like you were saying, you know, you may have Clayton Kershaw one night and he gets blasted. So, I mean, that's the same kind of idea. Uh, you just never know in baseball. Um, and we certainly have no idea when the baseball season will start as well. 
I think the most interesting thing that happened in baseball this week was this plan that leaked out. Uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN reported, I think it was Tuesday morning, um, that, and, and it kind of just came out of nowhere. We we heard overnight the previous night, Monday night, that you know maybe all the teams in MLB would play in a centralized location, that being Arizona. So that kind of came out first. And then in the morning, Tuesday morning, um, Passan does this report saying that maybe uh, play could resume as soon as May in Arizona, which is just like, wow. And then there were all these details that came out at the same time of like, uh, they would be coming back, but respecting social distancing. So there would be an electronic strike zone to maintain <laughs> distance from the from uh, the home plate umpire to the catcher and the batter. No mound visits at all. Uh, seven inning double headers. Uh, and for entertainment value, they were going to use on-field microphones. Uh, and then the weirdest part is players sitting in the empty stands six feet apart instead of being in the dugout. Um, but I think the thing that makes this obviously the most unrealistic, um, and not just one thing, there's so many things, but if you think about, you know, basically quarantining a team or isolating them, um, for maybe four months, possibly separate from their families, but not just the players, the, the coaches, uh, you know, broadcasters, you know, if these players are staying in hotels, do the hotel workers be would they be isolated too? Um, you know, caterers, I mean, drivers, I mean, it goes on and on and on. So you could be talking about um, thousands and thousands of people that would have to be isolated. Plus, yeah. if they want to do these like double headers and whatnot, I mean, obviously, Arizona in the summertime is super hot. So like, would some of these games be like in the morning or like super late at night? Um, and also you would need really expanded rosters, like more than 30 players probably per team, uh, to make it through this, this time. So, um, it's just incredibly complicated. Um, and then shortly after Passan, uh, Passan's report, uh, MLB, you know, put out a release kind of downplaying it. Um, but certainly it's clear that they're kind of thinking like, this is the only way there will be baseball this season. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence that this report came out exactly one day after uh, President Trump had a conference call with all of the major sports commissioners, including the WWE. Yeah. Um, yes. If we, if we want to get back to wrestling, but I and I think he or whoever was speaking on his behalf just asked for the leagues to kind of give him a plan, and I think. Major League Baseball, maybe it was Rob Manfred, maybe it was someone else. We're just kind of throwing ideas at the wall. And I th- I think uh, Passon kind of got a leaked footnote of what ideas were being thrown at the wall because, you know, as you play them out, they just don't make sense. Like you said, you need thousands of workers to pull this off. And you can't let – I mean, you, you probably – think of the hotel rooms, the the housekeepers, the – the food service people, the janitors, the the grounds crew, um, the production assistants, you know, the the camera operators. It it's just the more you think about it, the more it expands. It would be like ten thousand people, yeah, and they're gonna all live in a bubble. Like maybe you could keep the twelve hundred players healthy because I think you need at least forty, yeah, uh, per team. Yeah, um, maybe you could keep them 
coronavirus free, but are you going to tell that hotel worker and that guy who's cleaning up the stadium that he can't go home to his family for four months? Like you better be paying him a a hell of a lot of money. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. And then if, if a, I don't know, if a player gets hurt, if, you know, suffers an injury that requires hospitalization, which happens every week um, in baseball, it's not a contact sport, but freak things happen. Players get hit in the face with, with balls. Uh, They're going to get a hospital room, you know, and, you know, Arizona hasn't been hit as hard as like Florida, but it's been hit kind of hard. And there's a lot of older people, retirees that live in that area. Um, It's, it's obviously just something that was kind of thrown at the wall and, I I don't think we should treat it as something that's realistic. I hope, and I feel like you have to preface things by saying, you know, like I'm rooting for this. I I, I think there's an idea that if you criticize an idea, you're like rooting for the virus. You're like rooting for more deaths or something, which is, I don't think anyone's doing that. Like even the most cynical people. Um, But it's just really easy to poke, poke holes in this. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's funny, like, you know, I've had people talk to me about this and they'll say like, you know, aren't you excited there could be baseball? And I'm like, you know, on one hand, yeah, because like my livelihood depends on it and stuff. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I'm like, this sounds, this just sounds kind of crazy to me. It just not very realistic, not really in tune with the time that we're in right now. Um, And also, you know, to pull this off, they would probably need to test the players and, and sort of everybody involved fairly regularly i don't know how often but fairly regularly and you know the average person unless they have very obvious symptoms and they've been in direct contact with someone who might have coronavirus they're probably not going to be able to be tested right now uh, depending on where you live so i would hate to see uh the return of baseball take away from where these tests are really needed right now and until we get to that point where tests are you know, very readily available for anyone who wants one. I, I just don't think it makes any sense. Um, and and yeah, and maybe they could like continue the operation through like a handful of diagnoses. Yeah. Um, but we've seen how this thing multiplies, and even if it doesn't prove to be like as lethal as you know initial fears, it it multiplies and it affects vulnerable people, and that's what you have to think about. Like the Chicago outbreak. I read an article today. It breaks down to two birthday or one funeral and a birthday party. Right. And that's how it spread. And three of the people that went to that funeral are now dead. Right. Um, so it, it multiplies. And like I said, there's a lot of older people that live in the Phoenix area. And, and, and I, even I, just, you know, thinking about coaches and managers for that matter, you know, that may have health conditions, you know, Terry Francona two years ago had a heart ablation surgery, just to give you an example. Um, but there's certainly other players who may not even know what kind of medical conditions uh, they have. Um, they may take an uh, uh, immune system suppressing drug for a certain medical condition. Obviously, that's a very high risk situation. Um, but I do, you know, really uh, taking a step back, I, I understand why in a vacuum why baseball would want to pursue this sort of plan obviously money's part of it but even looking a little bit deeper like they may say like you know if we're the first league to make it back and we could be this symbol of like hope and getting back to normal that could i think it's partially that too 
And I'm I all think... into that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally into that. Like, that's that's awesome on the surface. And then the other uh, part is that if yeah. you think about baseball uh, in comparison to basketball and football, it's it's a different style of sport where like in those sports, you know, NBA, you're like sweating on top of each other. Uh, football, obviously, you're literally running into each other all game, especially like offensive linemen, uh, defensive linemen. But baseball, there isn't a ton of physical contact. So in that way, I can kind of see there is this path potentially uh, to maybe making it work. I still think it's very unrealistic. But when you look at the styles of play between the different sports, I can at least see uh, a path for baseball to be a bit more realistic than the others, at least, you know, in the short term. I, I, hopefully it becomes a, a more feasible concept like by mid-May, but the idea that they would actually get it started in mid, <clears throat> mid-May yeah. is, is kind of crazy. I'm um, more optimistic that baseball will take place this year, like today, than I was a week ago. I'm um, actually with you. Yeah, I'm with you. And even if this, like, let's just say it starts in August or something, and like they play a 60-game season or 75-game season, and then they do like a a round robin kind of playoff scenario like that's good enough for me i'll take anything right now and i think we should all just accept that this season is a little weird and you know we still got some baseball at the end and that would be awesome you know Um, yeah so we've talked about it i I think they should get weird with it yeah like that don't even do a traditional you know 70 game schedule like do like everybody faces each other and then you seed it out and you play a tournament yeah you know yeah, Something whatever like we that. can get, whatever we can yeah. get, I'd, I'd be happy with, as long as it can be done safely and it doesn't take away from uh, protecting the general public. So um, we'll see. I don't think that's realistic in the next month, uh, but I think at some point later this summer it could be. So um, that's definitely uh, good news. Um, a couple of quick news items before we move on to other stuff. Um, Mark Reynolds. Uh, announced on MLB Network Radio on SiriusXM today that he's retired um, after a 13-year career. Actually hit 298 homers, um, which I'm, you know, I knew he was a power hitter, but that's a lot of home runs. Um, and I mean, he's probably remembered best for striking out, obviously. Uh, but yeah. he had a 44 homer, 24 steal season in 2009, where I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, he's going to be a fantasy staple for." a long time he's you know from that point forward he obviously dropped off um and he, he would have those years where you know the power would be there uh but just struck out so much he actually has a single season record for strikeouts even still um that happened in that 2009 season i think it was 224 strikeouts um chris davis came close to breaking it a couple of years ago uh but yeah mark reynolds done after 13 years um and also shohei otani is uh, getting closer to getting back on a mound. Uh, New Angels pitching coach Mickey Calloway provided an update on Tuesday. Uh, Otani's been throwing out to a distance of 180 feet, uh, shortening back to 60 feet. Uh, does seem like he's throwing with some degree of intensity, uh, so certainly really good. I think he's still in the process of you know integrating all his pitches, uh, so we'll have to see that once he gets back on a mound. Uh, face live hitters whenever that's safe enough to do so. Um, but I think the interesting thing about Otani, um, and I guess we could talk about this in, sort of in combination with this Arizona plan, um, and if teams are trying to squeeze in like eight games a week or whatever, um, you know, how would that change things? And, and like seven inning double headers or whatever. 
Um, I, I assume there would have to be, you know, probably three week um, training camp to get pitchers stretched out. Maybe not as stretched out as they would be normally in a spring training, but you know that they could go four or five innings to to start the season. Um, so that could work to Otani's advantage. He could be ready to go right away as a pitcher. Well, no, we know he'll be ready as a hitter, uh, but he could be ready to go right whenever this season starts. And um, they could certainly protect him. Uh, maybe start him only once a week or something like that. But um, you know, whenever the season does start, I think we're going to have to reevaluate. Uh, which pitchers are really going to be valuable this season. Yeah, I like struggle to motivate myself to really even consider the possibility of like seven inning double headers. Um, I don't don't think it's good for the health of pitchers. I don't think it's good for the health of catchers either. Um, And then just the amount of players you'd need to pull it off. um, I don't know. I, I, I haven't really put much consideration into it, honestly. And, and if they do these double headers, like they pretty much have to be in the Diamondbacks stadium. I know there's all mm-hmm. those, you know, spring training stadiums around too. But in the in the summer in Arizona, it's it's going to be 100 degrees like every day. So it is that dry heat or whatever. And it does get a little chilly at night, uh, depending on where you are. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty brutal. So I would think those games that don't take place in, in Chase Field would have to be like early morning games or like nine, 10 o'clock at night, which isn't going to be fun for us at Roto World. I'm into it though. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> any, we any, can get. <laughs> any kind of live baseball, I will stay up. I know you've got kids, but man, I'll watch it. Yeah. I, I I'm with you, man. I'll take it. Um, we'll continue to be there for you with the show and our work on rotoworld.com. But remember, uh, you can find a ton of analysis and fantasy draft, draft prep courtesy of the online version of the Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. Uh, it now accounts for a shortened season as far as our projections. So uh, go ahead and check that out. We, we now have a cheat sheet product uh, for some quick and easy reading material. It's free, so go to rotoworld.com uh, and check that out as well. Uh, and a special offer here, go to rotoworld.com slash win and use promo code POD20. Uh, to get 20% off all of our premium products, that's a draft guide, it's the season pass. Uh, so whenever the season does start, uh, you're going to want that season pass on your side because I think we're going to have a pretty unique year where we're going to be learning as we go too. Uh, but to have that on your side, I think is going to be a big advantage. Um, so yeah, go ahead, rotoworld.com slash win promo code pod 20. We're still uh, working our way through the dynasty dynasty draft, 28-round dynasty draft um, with full results and analysis up for free on, on rotoworld.com. Um, and we have other ideas we're working on. I, should we talk about the 2025 thing? Yeah, or, that's totally cool. Yeah. Let's do it. So we're ranking each we're, – we're going through each position and, and each voting on who we think will be the top player at that position – in 2025 so we're going to start with catcher i don't want to give it away um but we all agree on the same guy yeah so looking ahead i think that'll be good content and then we're going to have a round table discussion um to include you know some other guys that we were also considering um i think that'll be really cool we're going to do like i think two per week um however long that lasts um and then we're also i i was thinking about we should do a 2021 redraft league mock um but i I feel like we should wait on that until it becomes more clear 
whether there will be a 2020 season. Yeah. Um, it just it would like just make everybody sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> start thinking about. It. <laughs> we we have some time, I think. So we we could always reevaluate this like a month from now. But I do think it would be an interesting uh, exercise. Um, whose values could change by that time? Which top prospects could teams be like? You know what? Let's just bring them up. You know what I mean? So sure. uh, there's there's a lot of interesting things that that we're gonna have to think about. And even like uh, let's say there is no 2020 season. You know, Mookie Betts would never play a game for the Dodgers if that was the case. Yep. And and who yep. does he sign with? So there's all sorts of interesting scenarios to contemplate, including, you know, Luis Severino will be back from Tommy John surgery, Noah Syndergaard, Chris Sale. So suddenly their values increase. So, uh, you know, if we do that draft, I, I think it's going to be a cool exercise. The Dynasty draft has been a lot of fun, too, because I think we're already thinking more valuing that 2021, 2022 type of scenario so it's been cool to see some of the names that that come off the board there go to rotorworld.com uh to check it out that's free that's all free uh you can see the full draft all of our analysis there so uh definitely a pretty cool exercise there we have another big idea we're working on we're not ready to give it away just yet we're working on some of the details i know i've had to try to convince you that it's a good idea drew but (laughs) i'm still not even sure it's a good idea myself but i'm so bored that i'm willing to entertain it um, but I, I think, I think you guys will at least dig the concept. We're the ones that have to do the grunt work, the dirty work. Um, but you'll get to see the details and I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, other stuff going on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Drew. I, <laughs> I just want to defend myself. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think any ideas are good ideas at this point. Uh, be um, careful what you wish for, Drew. I know. I, I just think <laughs> this particular concept is, is, has poor return on investment. Um, <laughs> But I, I, but I should be. But what, 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 what else are we gonna do? Is like the only counterpoint, the the, the fairest counterpoint to that. You're not gonna have to do a lot of work, Drew, with this. It's not really about what work I have. Anyway, we can talk about this. <laughs> we'll talk about it offline. Uh, yeah. But other other stuff going on right now. Baseball pods. We talked about it last week. They've been doing uh, a tournament, uh, a bracket of of the best fantasy baseball. Uh, podcasts we've been pretty fortunate so far we won our first round uh, matchup against fantasy throwdown uh this week we outlasted open bar fantasy uh, to move into the sweet 16 uh now things get intense uh in this league the number three seed coming up uh next week hosted by uh scott bogman and chris welch it's a very good show Um, yeah this this is gonna be a tough one man i think i think we're in trouble they have a very loyal following yeah i mean We've made it this far, and I'm honestly happy with that. So anything else would really be a bonus. And and the the teams on the other side of the bracket, uh, Launch Angle Pod, very good. CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball Pod, uh, which is a great one as well. Uh, we're all in the Bellinger region of the bracket right now, so we need to make it past you know some combination of those three teams to to get to the final four. Uh, but more than anything else, I think it's especially as things are are quiet right now. Uh, it's a good opportunity to be introduced to some shows and some writers maybe you don't know. Uh, so the when when the season does start, uh, you know you'll have some analysts that that you trust and uh, you know entertaining follows on Twitter too. So, uh, but definitely follow Baseball Pods on Twitter uh, and look out for our matchup next week and and give us some support if you don't mind. 
we might need to to kind of good cop bad cop this like you'll be the the positive voice okay. and i'll be the i'll be in attack mode you're gonna, uh, you're gonna be the smack talker yeah well i'm think i'm dreaming of a cbs nbc matchup okay. in the elite eight <laughs> like we'll, we'll break out all the big guns like must see tv seinfeld frazier friends what did you guys have like jag and nash bridges <laughs> and touched by an angel you know like that kind of stuff yeah we'll mobile we'll mobilize the whole roto world nbc crew i'm in touch with a few professional athletes with some large twitter followings we can get this thing nasty okay. if we need to <laughs> all right yeah but, uh, i mean <laughs> But not not yet. Once we once we get to the well, if we get to the CBS guys, we can break out those big guns. I do want to shout out the uh, open bar dudes who we got by in the second round. I listened to their podcast for the first time, which is like you said, what this bracket is all about. Um, in the end, getting the word out on how many high quality fantasy baseball podcasts there are out there, and they have really good chemistry. It's a really fun show. I, I think to be honest, that's an area where maybe we're lacking. Um, when games are going on, like, or, or with the positional preview episodes that we do in the spring, we tend to just get right to the information and the analysis to get through everything in like a somewhat timely manner. And I think a lot of listeners enjoy that. We get good feedback on those positional preview podcasts, especially we put a ton of work into them. Um, I write like 7,000 words of notes beforehand and I know you do too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did go back and read some of our Apple reviews recently and, and like all of them are great except we have like a 4.7 out of five, which is nice. But there was one that said those 90 minute uh, episodes breaking down each position, put him or, or her to sleep. And uh, <laughs> it kind of hit me hard, but I, I also thought like, you know, sleep deprivation is a real issue in our society. <laughs> so um, for helping so you, people out, I mean, yeah. So you're welcome. I go to sleep to podcasts every night. Yeah. Um, so you're welcome for that. <laughs> well, people don't know this, but Drew and I hate each other in real life. So this is a good, as good as it gets as far as chemistry. Yeah, there have been fisticuffs. But I, I, I also listened, I've listened to so many more uh, fantasy baseball podcasts than I ever did before. I don't listen to like any sports podcast because, you know, when the season's going on, I'm working 70 hours a week. I I want to get away from sports whenever I have free time. I totally agree um, with you. I totally yeah. agree. Um, yeah, but but yeah. I listened to sorry Chris uh, who set up baseball pods and he was on the Turn Two podcast talking about his background and his whole idea for the Twitter account and for this tournament and we need to get that guy on actually he's he's great and I, I didn't really know the motivation behind the Twitter account the motivation behind the bracket but it it he's like a really solid individual um really respect him and he has a cool website it's baseball hyphen pods.com and up there he has a thing called maps m-a-p-p-s the five tools of fantasy baseball podcasting um and it's like i guess someone asked him to to write out a format of what he likes in a fantasy baseball podcast um so the m stands for management um, which is like, you know, a lot of podcasts will focus on the drafts, a lot of fantasy baseball, co- fantasy content in general focus on the drafts. But um, can you help me identify two start pitchers, streamers, um, who to pick up off the waiver wire, um, which I think, yeah, I think we do that well. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're rating this on like the scouting grade, which he suggests podcasts should do. So that's 20 to 80, yeah. 80 being like elite, 20 being not so great. I would give us like a 70 on that. I think we're pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, the A stands for analytics. 
Um, so using information, uh, if you're not using analytics at this point, like I don't know what you're doing, uh, especially in a data-filled sport like baseball, um, but also turning that information into like useful consumable analysis and uh, identifying what this guy is doing differently through analytics and why he's going to play better this year than he did last year or was his breakout for real. Um, I think we do that really well. I think that's a 60 to a 70. Yeah. Um, personality is, is the P. So we're MAP. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I, I never want to like force it. I think it comes off as corny and like would be uninteresting if we just start talking about our, our music interests. Uh-huh. Um, so, you, you know, maybe that should flow better naturally than it does, or maybe it does. And I'm just reading one comment on Apple reviews that says they don't like us. You know what um, though? I yeah. think, I think that when we've done these weekly shows and that it's kind of been a weekly summary of everything going on in baseball and there's a lot to squeeze into those kind of episodes that we do uh, write up a ton of notes and we have so yeah. much we want to get to that it it doesn't leave a lot of room for just conversation. And I feel like these recent episodes we've done, I don't have any script at all. I don't have any notes written down. I'm just talking and Same. just sort of letting it flow and... Uh, I really feel so much better doing it that way. I'm not, I'm going to still have my notes like when the season starts, because, you know, we're trying to give the best analysis and information possible to, to listeners to make it worth, you know, you folks listening to us and, uh, getting useful tidbits. But at the same time, I think it's good to, you know, take a breath. And if, if you make a mistake, you know, whatever, you know, correct yourself and, and move on and, you know, just try to have fun with it because, you know, you want the people listening to have fun too. Yeah, I think I certainly over prepare for them um, and like write out my thoughts. But also, baseball is a numbers game. Um, I like need to write things down to reference. Um, yeah. So it's and and we're trying to pack a lot of information into. You know, we don't want to do ninety-minute episodes. Really, we'd like to do forty-five minutes because who has ninety minutes to listen to us ramble? <laughs> um, but anyway, all right. The other P, so it's M-A-P-P-S. The other P is prospects. Um, he says, if you want a true five-tool podcast, you need to cover prospects effectively. Dynasty leagues are increasing in popularity. Um, I think we do that relatively well. We, we should probably have Chris Crawford on more. Yeah. Um, he's our prospects guru at, at Roto World, and he's a guy that you can throw a topic at, and he'll talk forever on it. Um, I think that's a really good trait that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's something we could do better in the future. Uh, S is strategy. Um, and that's like discussing the various kinds of formats there are, which I don't think anyone really does that well. Um, it, cause it's hard to really cater your podcast to a, a points league, to a roto league, to a head to head, um, you know, to NL only to AL only. Um, you kind of got to try to get them all under the uh, the same umbrella to best ball, which is like kind of a new thing in, in the fantasy baseball landscape. So maybe that's something that like we as an industry could do better. Yeah. And I think with the way things are now, you know, with podcasts and, and things being so, you know, niche based uh, that there may be podcasts that like this is a podcast strictly for points leagues, you know, whatever. And, and you could get a really more specific analysis that way. We may see more of that kind of thing, but I agree. I think in general, you know, we are, well, we're, you know, we'll try to be as inclusive as we can. But, um, you know, if we, if you read our player news feed at Roto World, I think typically 
you know, we're talking about your standard kind of mixed league or maybe a dynasty league with, you know, standard mixed league settings, um, that kind of stuff. And I think that's that's what most people play. And that's kind of the analysis that we give too. But I'm certainly open to, you know, talking about other stuff. I mean, I'm doing this series right now on Roto World uh, about score sheet fantasy baseball, which is a, a, a format that I love. It's a simulation combined with real fantasy stats. Um, so like I'm open-minded to playing all sorts of different formats, but, um, you know, most of the analysis I give are, is, you know, standard fantasy stuff. I just wanted to shout out Chris from baseball pods. I, I really re- respect like the work he puts in for, you know, probably not a, a ton of reward. And I wonder like how many people actually care about this bracket outside of the people that make <laughs> the <know>. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that's saw, a good point. <laughs> That's a very you good saw point. E- e- ESPN, a one seed fall today. And it felt a Razzball, which we love those Razzball guys. Oh, yeah. like, they have a great brand going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's an element to like, yeah, just kind of voting for the underdog, which is totally cool. Um, I, I get it. I would do the same thing. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, that makes but, sense. We should yeah, get them on I the think, show. I, we yeah. should get them on the show. Maybe next right. week because like, what else do we have going on, really? He did mention you in that Turn 2 podcast, too. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so maybe you should contact him. Maybe oh. he likes you better than me. Cool. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll reach out to him. We should have him on the show. We should, really. Even if we All lose right. next week, we should have him on the show. I don't, Why I don't, I, I would, it would be nice if we won, but I don't care, basically, is how I feel. Uh, but it would I, be nice I, if we I, won. I say that right now because we've kind of breezed through our first two rounds. Yeah. But I don't know. I think in this league is going to be really tough, and then if, I don't want to look ahead, but if we get to CBS, man, the guns are coming out. And I, yeah, and then if we do get past them, we could just stuff it right in that one star review guy's face. Be like, <laughs> Here you go. It, it, that really did like sit with me. For, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm aware of that review, but I I don't let it get to me anymore. I, I don't well, I don't I, really I don't read the comments or I read the comments, but I don't process them. I'll put it. The that problem way. is like it was a fair criticism, you know, like. You guys are just talking about information. Like, well, I don't know what. Why did Why did you listen to it? Then? I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's the way that I fair. look at podcasts like that, though. Like a season preview episode. Like you could listen to those as you're like doing errands over the course of a week. Like you don't have to sit down for ninety minutes and listen to it like a sociopath. Right. Entertain yourself, bro. <laughs> so yeah, listen to it in bits and pieces. Come on. All right, we better stop. Anyway, yeah, that will do it for this week. Um, Anything else, Drew? No. Okay, nothing for me either. Uh, But if you are enjoying what you're hearing in these episodes, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review as long as it's more than one star. Uh, We would appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew's at Drew Silve. Until next time, stay safe out there. Take care. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. 
Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.